0: Hey, everybody, this is Marina, your podcast host, Adam Bust. Here we go. Adam Bost, I interview amazing women in Chicago. There is so much woman pottery in this city that I want to provide these women a platform to tell their story. Please connect with us and please consider supporting by sharing, liking, commenting the podcast. Tell all your Netflix friends and family about it. Submit a recommendation for our guest. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and donate by clicking on the anchor link and help me continue to make great episodes. I hope you enjoy and welcome to the show. Hey, everybody, this is Marina, and you're back with Unbossed. Today, um, Dr. Suzette McKinney is back for part two of our life sciences conversation. She is principal and director of life sciences at Sterling Bay. Welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, from last time to this time, I did even more studying on you. Oh, no. Yes, of course. And, oh, my God, let me tell you, I am so impressed about, you know, like, how you present yourself, how you talk about the city of Chicago. Um, and this is, like a, spe- a, spe- a special for this topic because we're going to talk about, like, life sciences and how you use that as a tool to le- really create equitable opportunities and, and enhance the city in ways that I never could imagine and so I wanted to say just first of all completely starstruck congratulations on <laughs> on the,
1: what, what you're doing wow. and I'm so excited to talk about this today thank you I'm excited to talk about it with you awesome so if you're I,
0: I'm, I'm gonna give you like a quick refresher but last time we talked we went through your career and we got all the way um through the fact that you know like you got to where you are today which is certainly me sure we We though left out um, uh, one of the details, which is your transition between um, the medical district and and get, and then getting into Sterling being. so I was wondering if, as an intro to the conversation, can you give us a little bit more of context and as it relates to life sciences too, how this new, newer position um has enabled you to use life sciences or has uh, how you see this position will enable you and continues to enable you to use life sciences um and
1: uh, um how did you make this decision basically what what made you move okay sure no problem at all so i think you know the first thing that i would start out saying to you is that when i was at the illinois medical district people would always ask me well, you're CEO of a healthcare and technology mm-hmm. innovation district. What does that mean? What do you do every day? What does a typical day look like? Yeah. And of course, there was never a typical day. Every day looked different. Yeah, But my standard response, I would say my role is the perfect storm of public health, healthcare, real estate,
2: mm-hmm.
1: finance big business deals and politics all rolled into one. Nice. So, um, and and I start with that because I want to, you know, sort of express the point that I wasn't a novice when it came to real estate. Once I transitioned over to Sterling Bay, I did have a lot of real estate responsibility at the medical district. Mm. However, one of the things that we were grappling with at the medical district was the 16 year difference in life expectancy for people living on the west side as opposed to people living downtown. And we're talking about how, what is the miles difference? Like a mile, two miles? Well, I don't know the exact mileage, maybe two or three miles, but three stops on the Blue Line train. Three stops on the blue line, sixteen. I just want to highlight this
0: point. Three stops on the blue line, sixteen year difference life expectancy, because it's huge.
1: Exactly. And you know, what we came to understand and learn is that that difference in life expectancy was due to the social determinants of health. Things like lack of access to jobs, lack of access to education, uh uh Lack of access to proper transportation so or weird. neighborhood infrastructure, those types of things. So um, the Illinois Medical District, Rush University Medical Center, a number of institutions within the medical district, as well as a number of institutions outside the medical district. We're all working very closely with West Side communities to figure out what we could do to help address the problem and how we could best support people living in the West Side neighborhoods, as well as businesses operating in the West Side neighborhoods, and even nonprofits for that matter. So from the medical district perspective, Mm -hmm. we were also at the time trying to identify a niche area for our district. If you look at innovation districts, medical districts, technology districts across the country, they all have a niche area. Well, to make a long story short, we settled on the life sciences as our niche area. And we began working to build a life sciences innovation park within the medical district. Through our research, and this is part of the reason why we selected life sciences, We learned about a number of economic benefits that the life sciences brings to any city or major urban area. My favorite statistic of all that we learned was that 40% of life sciences jobs only require a high school diploma or GED. Mm. So for me, I felt that it was the perfect niche area for our medical district being situated on the west side but also understanding that we could attack people's life expectancy disparities and health outcome disparities indirectly through their economic disparities so we can use the life sciences as a mechanism to provide jobs for the unemployed and the underemployed living on the West side. Because I firmly believe if people don't have to worry about how they're going to put food on the table at night, then it frees up a little more brain space to take care of your own personal physical health. Right? Absolutely. So that's how it started. I love, I love that strategy too.
0: Sorry to interrupt because it, still gives them ownership over their life you know what i mean so like it's not like we are donating healthcare, right Right. where one may feel like a a beggar of some sort or 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 some some somebody who's like needs a donation right which puts a person in a different position than being like from a position of power and from a position of like i am working for this and i can take
1: care of myself and my family and all the good things that come from that. That's absolutely right. It's not it's not giving a handout. It is empowering people Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and creating opportunity for them to have access to the resources that we all have access to. Absolutely. And empowering people to do what it is they wish to do anyway. Yeah. So, you know, people are always surprised when I quote that statistic. And, you know, I say, listen, these are not the, you know, researcher jobs. Obviously, these are not the PhDs, the scientists, the researchers, (laughs) you know, the CEOs of startups. But they are all of the roles, the jobs that support those people, which are equally as important.
2: Absolutely. Because
1: without the support, the CEOs, the entrepreneurs, the scientists... Couldn't do the work that they yeah
0: did. and and I have to say that it's one hundred percent true. Shout out to Keisha right now who was helping
1: us through some
0: of these technical difficulties. So Keisha, you made it to my podcast.
1: I hope you listen. <laughs> and for the audience, Keisha is my assistant. I could not do what I do
2: without
0: her. Yeah, and I you know I have also an assistant who helps me with my podcast. So you know like everything is like uh, three sixty. I love that. Um, and. And you go further than that because um, I learned that you not only provided this opportunity, but you also negotiated with the private sector to create these opportunities.
1: Absolutely. In fact, that was really my introduction to Sterling Bay because I was working, I was coordinating and meeting and talking to a number of private sector, commercial real estate firms, development firms, trying to convince them to come to the medical district and build a life sciences facility in the medical district. So I had a number of developers I was talking to. Sterling Bay was one of many. And I remember my meeting with Sterling Bay, obviously very well, Um, but I came in and I was talking to them about the vision for the medical district. And really what I was trying to do through the life sciences, you know, not giving away everything because I had I had already had the experience of sharing my full vision with a couple of developers. And then the next thing I knew, you know, they were out in the media sharing my vision as though it was their own. Um, So that was interesting. So I came in. I had my meeting with Sterling Bay and I was talking about the medical district and how wonderful it is, but also this life expectancy disparity that we see. And by this point, um, I believe it's NYU's College of Medicine had issued a life expectancy report. They had studied life expectancy nationally and Chicago came in dead last because they found a 30-year difference in life expectancy if you live in Inglewood, which is on the south side, as opposed to living in Streeterville. So by the time I came in to meet with Sterling Bay, that was yet another dire statistic that I had in my mind.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm so passionate about Chicago and about Chicago winning. And I tell people everywhere I go, I love this city. I grew up in this city. This is the city that raised me. And that is why this is the city that I chose to come back to and do my life's work Mm -hmm. here. So I was probably just speaking very passionately about Chicago and what I was trying to do at the time that I came in to have my meeting with Sterling Bay. And um, not long after that meeting, they called me back and you know we had a conversation they asked me to come back in for another conversation so i came in for another conversation and we talked a little bit about you know that meeting and how well we all thought it had gone and that was when they told me that they were planning to launch a life sciences division but and to really raise chicago as a major life sciences market which got me super excited because at this point I'm thinking we can provide benefit to west side residents but we also need to provide benefit to south side residents as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then they said that they wanted to expand their life sciences footprint nationally wow. and asked me if I would be open to the opportunity to come and lead the life sciences division, and to say that I was shocked was an <laughs> understatement. I honestly thought I was coming back in for that second meeting to talk details about them coming to the medical district to build this life sciences facility. So I wasn't prepared to answer the question. You know, <laughs> um, so I tried to be as gracious as I could and ask, you know, if they could just give me a little bit of time to think about it, you know, because there was no question. I absolutely loved the work that I was doing in the medical district to say that I was all in at the medical district would also be an understatement. But the more that I thought about this opportunity and the more I reflected on the research that we had done into the life sciences and, and the economic benefits of the life sciences, honestly, Marina, I said to myself, this is an opportunity for me, not only to do great work and impact, um, disinvested, you know, um, underprivileged communities in Chicago, but all across the country. Yeah. And that was the deciding factor for me. I love that. My number one goal with any body of work that I do is to make an impact on people's lives in a positive way. And so I said, okay, well, I guess (laughs) this is the next step. (laughs) Let's start going anyway. But I tell my students and my mentees all the time, when an opportunity presents itself, go for
2: it. Go for it.
1: Yeah. Go for it. Well, like you said. Like you say, go big or go home. That's right. Go <laughs> big or go home.
0: I love that. And I'm so glad you took this opportunity. And so I had like, um, I wonder if we can introduce blood sciences briefly and then go into um, how Sarah Living is doing this today um, in right. Chicago. hmm So for people that I don't know what life sciences are, um, uh, would you mind sharing with us? um, Sure. Perhaps like the, you know, like I'm sure you'll have the book definition, but in practice, what does it mean for people that are just,
1: you know, starting to learn about this? Sure. So uh, very simply and very broadly, the life sciences includes anything that seeks to improve human health or animal health. Uh, A little bit more specifically, I would say, you know, the life sciences really encompasses everything from medicine to physiology, to agriculture, to biotech.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, Life sciences research allows us to fight disease such as COVID-19. And just as an example, the development of the COVID-19 vaccine, that's life sciences all day. Nice. Um, But, yes, life sciences research helps us fight disease. It helps us feed our families. It helps us combat climate change. It even helps us find new fuel sources. So, you know, the list is really endless. But if you just think improvement of human health, improvement of animal health, That is the life sciences. It's a it's a very very broad broad industry. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so um, you said also, you know, forty percent of 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 the jobs within life sciences are uh, require only high school diploma or GED. Uh, Would you give us examples within this industry? Now that we know about it, what are some of those roles that people could be googling right now? Like get on Google and be like, what are some of the roles that I could Google that would Um,
1: That with a GED or a high school diploma, I could be applying for? Sure. So um, some of those roles could be anything from, you know, coffee shop operators. Um, Let me preface by saying one of the distinct characteristics for the life sciences. I mean, the facilities themselves are typically combination laboratory office buildings, but Um, with amenities within those buildings because think about it like this a young entrepreneur might have to work a nine-to-five job in order to help like manage their financial responsibilities while they are researching while they are trying to launch their company so in that situation that young entrepreneur, when he or she finishes their nine to five they're going to their lab to do mm-hmm. the work. They need coffee, they need food, you know they need all sorts of things yeah. um, so coffee shop operators, baristas, facility managers, you know, maintenance people, um, food and beverage operators, so working in those restaurants, those cafes. Um, you know, my daughter is in college and she is working at a fitness facility near her campus. A lot of these uh, life sciences buildings are now, these life sciences communities are now um, becoming highly amenitized. That's certainly a specialty that we have here at Sterling Bay, but fitness facilities. Yeah. So people working in those fitness facilities it could be cashiers you know customer service personnel so those are some of the types of roles that don't require a person to have a college degree necessarily yeah you know um, I always place the emphasis on the point that these are roles that support the scientific and the medical breakthrough work that's happening within those laboratories and within those offices.
0: And can I just say uh, to add to that, I think there's something special about those roles within a like medical district or, or land life sciences district that doesn't happen in a random coffee shop on the street, which is you would be part of this, this group of individuals that are studying science or that are doing many, many different things and being part of exposing yourself to all kinds of uh, experiences exactly uh, cross-pollination of ideas. and who knows? like you may, you may get inspiring to going into one of the sciences, you know uh, yourself. and so I think that's definitely one of the things that I see as additional benefit of
1: being part of a community like that. Absolutely. It's creating an ecosystem of innovation, of collaboration, of knowledge sharing and interacting with one another. I always like to say, you know, the the best thing that can happen in a life sciences innovation district. You have a person from company A that goes into the coffee shop. Yeah. And while they're standing there waiting for their coffee, they might meet someone from Company B. Yeah. And they just start talking to one another. And the next thing you know, Company C gets launched as a partnership between these two people who met in the coffee shop. Lovely. Yes. Nice. So it is, it's a community, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. And um, anytime you immerse yourself in a knowledge ecosystem, Ideas are generated and that's how new companies get started. That's how new technologies come to market, you know, because it's just this robust, vibrant ecosystem of people with ideas and opinions who are not afraid to put them out there to talk about them and to collaborate with others to really launch them um, into something big. Love it. That's that's really awesome, and so tell me about. Um,
0: let's let yeah, let's just talk. Let's just dive into the the newest addition to yeah. <laughs> Sterling Bay. and then I want to know like, what was your hand in it? Because I, one I, I don't one hundred percent know your hand was in it. Are you going to be, um what is that called the unveiling?
1: The groundbreaking.
0: Groundbreaking. Oh, yes. Groundbreaking. Absolutely. What is that
1: happening, the groundbreaking? The groundbreaking. So, we are having a groundbreaking ceremony on October 19th. Ooh. And that is the groundbreaking for Sterling Bay's very first life sciences building in Lincoln Yards. Yes. Uh, the building itself is called Ally, A L L Y, Ally at 1229 West Concord Place. Um, and we are so excited about it because, you know, we believe that it's critically important to not just kickstarting development at Lincoln Yards, but also critical to building Chicago's reputation as a future home and a major market for life sciences innovation.
0: So, Strategically, that location, what does it bring as you all
1: talk about it? Yeah. So it's going to bring, um, well, first of all, Ally will set a new standard for best-in-class laboratory facilities. Nice. Um, I'm trying to, well, there's been a lot. I was trying to figure out where um, you could quickly grab an image of the building. Um, but I can send it to you afterwards
0: oh, yeah i it's on the papers i'll I'll put it out there it's all right uh, yeah,
1: yeah yeah, awesome, but I mean essentially, it is uh going to offer um, ultra modern laboratory facilities and access to this brand new innovation district that runs along the Chicago River. One of the things that i'm really excited about um and this is what I mean when I say ultra-modern, and best-in-class lab facilities. I mean, obviously, post-COVID, everyone is very concerned about their own health and safety. And people are obviously really concerned about going back into office buildings and just not having access to fresh air, open air. And this facility, on every single floor, will have open-air terraces that people can go out to. Which is very unique because laboratory buildings, I challenge anyone to show me a laboratory building anywhere in this country that has open air terraces on every floor. It just doesn't exist. Um, But we are building that into this facility. We will also have um, very large and open air. There it is. You have the photo up. Open air conference space. You can actually see those terraces on the left side of the building, right?
2: Yeah, that looks beautiful.
1: Yeah, and the first floor is a wide open uh, shared space for conferencing and collaboration. But what's really unique about that conferencing space is that the doors and the windows open up to the outside Ooh. and flows right onto a patio. That also flows right down to the river. That is awesome. Yes. Can they live there? <laughs> so you can't live in that building, but you can <laughs> live in a building within the district because we are also building residential facilities here as well. Wow. Um, Lincoln Yards will be the ultimate live, work, learn, play community. Wow, I like because, that. again, in addition to these life sciences facilities, we are building residential facilities. We're working to also bring in some healthcare care facilities, um, opportunities for physical fitness, you know, gyms and things of that sort. And also really highly amenitizing our restaurant and retail amenities that will be um A part of the district as well, not to mention over 20 acres of open public park space. So, um, because while this is going to be a distinct community, Mm -hmm. we also want to provide additional benefits to the existing community.
2: Yeah.
1: And Lincoln Yards is really sort of at the intersection of Lincoln Park, Bucktown, and Wicker
2: Park. Yeah.
1: You know, so those are very well-established distinguished communities here in the city we don't want to detract from those communities at all we just simply want to add to them so we're very excited about ally
2: and Lincoln Yards yeah your the
0: medical district in contrast was in i think what you called a reference as a opportunity zone right yes and so, this is it. Was this defined as an opportunity zone, and if not, do you have other projects going into opportunities or opportunity areas.
1: So, um, Lincoln Yards is not in an opportunity zone. And just for the audience, you know, I'll clarify what opportunity zones are. Um, the uh, in 2017, the Trump administration passed what's what was called the. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. I believe that's the formal name of it. And one of the things that the legislation did was created these opportunity zones across the country. In each state, the governors were allowed to select the areas of their state that would become, that would be designated as opportunity zones. Here in Illinois, the governor at the time Allowed the Mayor of Chicago to designate the opportunity zones here in the city, mm-hmm. but by definition, an opportunity zone is a geographic community area that has uh, that is considered you know low income vulnerable disinvested, you know so the whole concept behind opportunity zones. Was to incentivize developers to build developments in these low income, underinvested community areas. And so the medical district sits on the west side of the city and was a part of one of the city's designated opportunity zones. Um, Lincoln Park doesn't have that issue, Bucktown, Wicker Park don't have that issue. So they are not. Um, designated opportunity zones. However, um, Sterling Bay uh, does have a property on the south side of Chicago in the Inglewood community, which I believe is an opportunity zone. Um, We haven't yet identified um, the best and highest use or how we will develop that property. Obviously we will want it to be something that will bring great benefit to the neighborhood, to that community. Um, so I think we will, you know, since Lincoln Yards is a little further down the the pipeline in its process, we'll kick that off while we continue to work to figure out how best to develop our Southside property.
0: Nice. Amazing. And how about nationally tell us a couple of things that are close to your heart that is happening at the national level that you're leading as well?
1: Well, I will tell you nationally, the life sciences is exploding. I mean, life sciences was already a very fast growing industry prior to COVID. But when COVID happened, there was the immediate need to develop, you know, technologies for testing. But also for development of the vaccine and other you know diagnostic tools, honestly, I believe that just the world that we live in,
2: yeah.
1: you know, we're living in more densely populated areas. Yeah. international travel is so easy. <laughs> you know you can be on one side of the world one day in the morning and by the end of that day be <laughs> on the opposite side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the denser uh, living with ease of international travel that also creates easier opportunities for diseases to spread, for diseases to mutate. So we're always going to have an issue with emerging and re-emerging diseases. And so for that reason, I believe the, for that reason alone, yeah. I think the life sciences will be relevant and will grow <laughs> as an industry for generations to come. Yeah. But right now, you know, after everything we've been through with COVID, it's just exploding. Um, I believe the figure that I read recently was that in the last quarter, venture capital investment in the life sciences topped $20 billion. Wow. Largest that's it's awesome. ever been. In a quarter? Yes, in a quarter. That's, so a, that's
0: a lot of investment.
1: That's It great. is. Um, For us here at Sterling Bay, our national expansion is going very well. We opened our office in California, which we call S.B. West, Sterling Bay West. Um, So we now have an office in Irvine, California, and we were fortunate enough to acquire two properties almost immediately in the San Diego area. And you may have read most recently Um, we purchased a five-building life sciences complex just outside San Diego. So now seven facilities in San Diego, um, one in Boulder, and one in Raleigh-Durham. And we believe we are getting close to projects in both Philadelphia and Boston.
2: Wow.
1: I think our California office has been open exactly one year Mm -hmm. and I have been at Sterling Bay for almost eight months. (laughs) So this has all happened within the last year. So it's very, very fast. Um, And I will say, you know, there are other markets that we have our eyes on. So, you know, stay
2: tuned for more. (laughs) Speaking
0: of staying tuned. Um, what do you personally have going on that where can people find you do you have any events happening beyond we have the groundbreaking of,
2: of yes
1: the new addition in the park what else is happening with you oh my goodness I feel like I've just been on a whirlwind of <laughs> beaches and things of that sort um, but actually tomorrow I will be giving the keynote address at the inaugural State of the Region conference, which is being hosted by the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning. Nice. And I'm going to be talking about the life sciences and the importance of the life sciences with regards to the uh, our regional economy. Yeah. So that's happening tomorrow. Um, If anyone's interested in that, they can um, just Google the um, Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning. I'm sure it's on their website. And let's see, the groundbreaking I mentioned is October 19th. 19th. yeah. So those are my two biggest things coming up in the next couple of
0: weeks. Well, thank you so much for talking to me one more time about life science' such a beautiful concept that you're spearhead in um, as part of your leadership here in Chicago. Um, love what you're doing um, with that, Keep up the good work and thank you so
1: much for uh, your awesomeness. Thank you thank you so much for having me and for having me back twice. I really appreciate
0: Yes, it. I love it. Thank you, and maybe we'll
2: see you again in a couple of years and see where you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye.
0: There you have it. I hope you liked this episode and please don't forget to share, like, comment on the podcast link. Tell all your naturalist and friends and family about it. Submit a recommendation for guests at www.unboss.io. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Donate by clicking on the anchor link and help me continue to make great episodes. You can find all this information on www.unboss.io. See you next time. Oh, that was good.